0: EFTM.
1: Tech, cars, lifestyle. This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long.
2: EFTM.
1: Thank you very much for listening. Great to have your company. And um we are here on the EFTM Podcast. Good to be back. Uh quick week off last week, just so much to get through, so I couldn't quite get there. And I'll have a week off next week as well going away with the family. So uh We'll be back in your ears, don't worry. And There'll be plenty of other shows for you to enjoy, including the Best Movies You've Never Seen and the Private Feed on Monday night. So there'll be other shows for you to get during the week as well. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm back in town and heading away again. Um, it, it will be a, a, a Formula 1-themed podcast. We've got a bunch of calls to get through, and we'll get to them shortly, uh, as well as I want to talk Formula 1. If you want to know my thoughts on the race, then please subscribe to the EFTM F1 podcast. Connor and I went through that in great detail straight after the race, thanks to KO Sports. But I want to talk about what I did in Melbourne. Now, obviously, I don't just go to these things for fun. I would, but I wouldn't have as much fun because I wouldn't be with Valtteri Bottas and Robert Kubica and the the Alfa Romeo team in their garage. It's a, it's a surreal, pinch-me experience every time I do it. Don't worry, folks, I still... Um, I still am very grateful. Um, I still have the utmost respect for the fact that I get to do it. Um, but this week or last week, I went down with a company called Jigspace. So I had a lot of uh, – it always happens. It used to be um, a couple of years ago, like you go down with Epson on, Epson on a Thursday and Sense would be there on a Friday or something. Um, and so what I do is I say, well, you, you fly me down and the other person can pay the accommodation. So I said to Jigspace, you, you, you fly me down. Um, and I'll." someone else invited me to do stuff, which was um, – a smart sheet and they pay for my accommodation so sorted I can get in and then I had some general admission tickets and I ended up getting in touch with some people we had an amazing weekend because I was able to get into the Fox Sports um, uh, corporate box which was amazing view at the second to last turn and, um, and then I uh, caught up with Jerry from Mercedes and went and sampled their corporate it was amazing it was um, such an awesome experience and I, I wish I could share it with more people but Um, What I did do was sit down with a couple of people and I'll bring you those chats throughout this show. Um, But I I think it was really interesting to talk with uh, the co-founder of Jigspace, uh, Zach Duff. So we'll talk to him on the show today. And also someone I really want you to to take in the conversation with, which is Corey Tut. He's the man behind Deadly Science. Now, for background, because I can't remember how I intro the interviews, they might be a bit um, just straight into it. I can't remember. But, you know, uh, Corey Tut started Deadly Science. Deadly Science is a not-for-profit um, charity which provides STEM learning materials to kids in remote and r- rural areas, particularly Aboriginal and, and Torres Strait Islander kids because Corey is a proud Indigenous man, um, as you will definitely hear through the chat. Deadly Science um, is aimed at those kids and small donations will make a big difference. Um, I chipped in before I chatted with him. I, he's, probably luck, he, he's probably unlucky actually because if I'd have chipped in afterwards, it would have been more. Um, because he's just so inspirational. But um, he was lucky enough to be chosen by Smartsheet, uh, who are McLaren sponsors, to put his logo on the car instead of theirs. Now, I did talk to the people at Smartsheet there. It's a phenomenal business, Uh, not really for me and you, but um, if you're a business that does project planning, um, executing on tasks a lot, and you're using documents like spreadsheets and documents, then Smartsheet apparently solves those problems. I'm actually going to have a little look at it because I think there's some stuff that I do that could benefit, but I'm just not sure it's a single man workflow thing. Um, But Smartsheet, obviously a huge global company, chose Formula One as a way of growing their platform and at the same time created a thing called Sponsor X, which is an initiative to say, look, let's put someone else's sponsor on the car, but let's do good with it. And they chose, in this case, um, Deadly Science. So we've got some calls to get to. I want you to hear from Corey Tutt from Deadly Science and I'll also talk to Zach Duff, from Jigspace about what they're doing with the Alfa Romeo team and the fact that they were highlighted last year at the Apple keynote for the iPhone 30. This is
3: the AFTR podcast.
1: Lovely to have you company. Let's crack on with calls. G'day, John. How are you doing?
3: Uh, good, thanks, Trevor. What can I do
1: for you, mate?
3: Yeah, I was just, I was just interested. Uh, I've been listening to some of your um, stuff on Two Blakes talking about the iPhone SE mm-hmm. and... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've got. Stephen
1: ribs eight. me about it. Stephen, Stephen, still ribbing me about it because I'm still using it.
3: Yeah, he likes big ones, doesn't he?
1: <laughs> that is his problem. Yes.
3: Yeah. M- what, what do you I mean,
1: use now? what what's, What phone have you got? I
3: have got an eight.
1: iPhone eight, and how's so, that going for you? It, is it is it still lasting the test of time? Well,
3: the battery wore out, so right. I bought a new battery for it. Mm-hmm. Um. And I ran out of space in it because, well, I like installing apps and it, and, and I also got plenty of music on there and podcasts, right. yours included. Good man. And, and it, it was all just filling up with junk, and yeah. I ended up having to do a complete reset to uh, get rid of the junk. And now it seems to be all right for a while, but um, it's uh, it's just it's just something I'm thinking about uh, as my next phone may well be an SE because funds aren't unlimited. Um, I mean, the 12s and 13s may be, might be nice, but that puts the price up a fair bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it do-
1: look, it does. It depends. So how much storage do you think you need?
3: Um, probably 128 gig. So that's an $800 phone
1: with Apple. Yeah. It's that yeah. simple. I mean, uh, you know, obviously a little bit more. It is a lot more, actually. $969. Yeah. you have got to spend another 169 on top of that to go to 256 which would buy you a lot of headroom. A lot of headroom, um, but maybe, you know, not, not where you want to go. Even the iPhone 11, which is now, what, two and a half years old, is 929 for the 128 gig model. So I do think, and look, hand on heart, I'm using the iPhone SE for two reasons. One, I'm lazy and I couldn't be bothered switching back to another iPhone. And two, um, I like it. I think it's a great phone. I don't m- miss the big screen. Like It's not killing me that I don't have it. I certainly yeah. love fingerprint ID, so I, I'm i not compelled back. The only time I miss the other phones, Samsung's or otherwise, is the, the camera. It's, it's definitely not as good, and the battery life, definitely not as good. Yeah. So um, we'll, if those things – like battery life worries me, and I mean it depends on your lifestyle. So my weekend in Melbourne, for example – I had to have, I had to take with me a a battery in my backpack because I knew that I'd get to the racetrack at 8am, 9am and I'd be using my phone the whole time. I'd be on it. And so I knew that by one or two, I'd feel anxiety around the battery. Not that it was dead, just anxiety and I'd want to plug it in. So it depends whether you're like on a normal weekday, don't notice it ever because I'm I'm at the office, it's charging. It's next to me on a charger. I'm in the yeah. car. It's charging. I'm at home. It's on the cha- like. I don't notice it in normal use.
3: Yeah, we, we we carry a backpack if we've got to go out during the day mm. or for you know for a long drive or something. We'll carry a backpack in the car uh, yeah. unless the phone's plugged in, which is all right.
1: Why iPhone though? Let's let's unpack that one. I think it's a bigger question because what are we going to spend? We're going to spend what do we say eight hundred bucks on a um, yeah on an iPhone SE right now? Let's be clear. That doesn't have the best uh, camera. It doesn't have the best battery. The only thing it has going for it in real terms is that it's an Apple. <laughs> you know, like that's the that's its big selling point,
3: right? So I guess it's I guess it's iTunes, the music. Uh, I mean, I've tried my previous two phones were um, Sony, mm. and trying to add music onto those phones was a bit of a pain compared to iTunes.
1: Are you using? So you're not subscribed to music. You're using your own music.
3: Yeah, because i got so uh, much. Being in my sixties, I mean, I've got music from decades ago, and yep. um, I mean, I've I've got Amazon Prime at the moment for a year that came with my um, came with AGL, mm-hmm. but as soon as that one year's free subscription goes, I'll ditch it. But right. um, and and I I've, I've used um, Spotify the free version, but the ads are annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like listening to my old music. I mean, you like your Johnny Farnham and I
1: Mate, like, I've said, uh, in fact, I say it to Stephen a lot. I, I don't know why I subscribe to music other than because my kids and my family use it. I listen yeah. to the same songs all the time. Like it's, it's the same library. I, I've got a playlist from, I got on a plane earlier in the year with an iPod shuffle that hadn't been plugged into a computer in probably five years. And I yeah. loved every minute of the music because it was the same songs I still listen to now. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: so I I wonder, though, and I'd, I'd, I'd bow down to someone else on this, but I wonder whether or not, because you can get Apple Music, the app, on your Android phone, okay? So you can get an Android phone and you can yeah. have Apple Music. But I wonder right. whether you can synchronise your music library to the cloud. I use a thing, I still pay it, I'm sure, called iTunes Match, yeah. which is I'm guessing off the top of my head it was $30 a year, maybe $40 a year. And what it did was it made sure that essentially I could, I didn't need to physically download all my songs. They just lived in the cloud as a part of my iTunes library. So I didn't need to actually drag and drop files onto my phones. They just lived there. And see, the thing is for 800 bucks, uh, you can get, uh, Samsung Galaxy S20 FE, 128 gig. That's a big screen phone, great camera. Um, Oppo F- and Find X5, 256 gig of storage. This is the thing. If you actually do a like-for-like like comparison of the specs, there's some amazing products at that seven to $800 price range, even less, yeah. that might well surprise you. I wonder – I'm thinking – John, are you the con- are, yep. you, are you a bit of a tinkerer
3: with oh, your yeah. tech? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I wonder if I can get you an older Android phone, like and I won't be a new one, but I just if I could just get you an Android phone in the post. And <laughs> let's yeah. let's say it's just like an Oppo from 2 years ago, right? Cuz I do have yep. a lot of those kind of lying around and there might be one that I don't need to keep because I, it's not really a flagship, right? And I'm yep. wondering whether you can answer the question for me about owning a music library Syncing it to, you know, essentially Apple Music, or how hard is it to get it onto an Android phone? Because mate, yeah. if if we answer that question in a positive manner, then you've got a whole new world of you know options open to you for that next phone.
3: Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, I guess the other thing too is that I've got uh, I got an iPad, so it's it's all the same operating system. But so how I often do you here.
1: send? What what do you what? What does that matter? I, I hear it. I know. I understand. You know, people say I'm in the ecosystem, but what does it yeah. matter? How does that affect you? I'll tell you. Uh, the only reason it matters to me is airdrop. I take so on the weekend down in Melbourne, yeah. because I had an iPhone SE. I took with me an iPhone 13 Pro with the with the yeah. extra lens on the camera. And so when I was taking photos at the Grand Prix, I was using the iPhone 13, and then I would airdrop them to my SE so that I could share them on WhatsApp or you know social media or whatever amazing great that's ecosystem but from my ipad i mean i'm looking at websites i'm using apps i'm on facebook like it doesn't matter whether it's a samsung or or an apple tablet yeah so i just i'm just questioning whether or not that ecosystem thing is actually what they call the apple reality distortion field you know we think it matters but it doesn't
3: yeah um i guess it's also got to do with what you can play in the car too like I mean, with my Ford, I've got to have the old 30-pin connector. So I've got I've got an old um, iPod Classic yeah. plus an old iPhone four, yeah. which I'll, I'll use for music. But that's that's dying out. Um, and that, so that that's that's the Ford being 11 years old. And then we've got a Suzuki, which has got it won't operate Android and only do uh, CarPlay. No, it's not CarPlay. Oh, it just it, it just does
1: that whole loading an iPod it, it, thing.
3: Yeah, they only do yeah. iPod or iPhone. So um, it doesn't it do Bluetooth. They, the Suzuki. No. Yeah, right. That's the thing with having old cars. I mean, the, the cars are fantastic to drive. Yeah. But technology for music and that, they're a bit behind. Well, the I'm,
1: I'm with you. So my my little Mazda two, it's a 2010 model. If it yeah. didn't, if I hadn't have had the stereo changed on it with a, you know, it's got touchscreen Apple CarPlay, it
4: yeah. would,
1: you're right, it would drive me insane. Because here's the thing, it's got, it had an AUX plug, it had the 35 mil plug that you could plug a cable in, but no phone today has that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting one. I mean, look, here's the bottom line, John. You know, the iPhone yep. SE is a great phone and yep. it will, it will replace your 8 perfectly. Yeah. Um, but... You know, if you are, and I guess the question is, look, it's eight hundred bucks, right? If you were gonna save a lot of money, you, I mean, what would be a lot of money? It'd be like half that price, wouldn't it? So, like the 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 switch, the mental shift, let alone the adjustment of everything else in your life, for a hundred bucks, probably not worth it. So, I think that's what I'm hearing from you is, you know, the XR50 is more important than uh, than getting a hundred bucks off a phone. You may as well just get yourself an iPhone SE. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Look, it's a great phone, mate, and I think your I think your other point to me in your email was, you know, what there's there, there's a demographic of people who are completely tech capable but constrained by life, like you know, you're retired, you're you're not just out there to spend money randomly, monthly subscriptions and all this kind of stuff, and I do yeah. think the the whole the whole of media, let alone the tech world, gets caught up in the fact that there's new and whiz bang things, but it's not for everyone, and I, that's yeah. why I, I I mate I wouldn't. Here's the critical thing. I wouldn't replace that iPhone 8 yet, not until it's absolutely necessary. Like when it's really driving you bonkers and you don't want to buy another battery for it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the time to replace it. But until then, live with it. Enjoy it. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. don't feel compelled by all of us banging on about it, eh?
3: Yeah, because the the problem, the frustration I was having with it was when the storage was getting too full at 64 gigabytes. I mean, yeah. Um, but it, I'll, I'll fix that by resetting it, and that worked well. Yeah.
1: Well, mate, keep using it, and when you really need it, the iPhone SE is a winner for you, mate. Yeah, great. Cheers, mate. Good I, on you. Good to I, hear from you.
3: Okay. Thanks, Trev. Cheers, Thanks.
1: John. Good on you, mate. And, uh, you know, he makes, it makes a great point, and, uh, you know, it's not easy. Um, I, I don't <laughs> – maybe it's me being arrogant. I don't know what the word is, but I can't imagine being in that situation yet. And if I was a smart financial person, I would put myself in that situation now so that I would save more money. You know, I would not spend money recklessly. <laughs> but as Bert has said in one of his recent shows, it's like, you know what? If you ain't going to use it, what are you doing with it? So uh, that's a whole other problem. Um, but good on you, John. Really appreciate the call and um, enjoy the iPhone SE, mate. Nothing to be ashamed of there. One of the things sitting in Melbourne coming to the Formula 1 Grand Prix, I probably didn't ever expect to be doing is sitting talking about um, an Aussie not-for-profit in the STEM space. But that's where we find ourselves. And I'm here with Corey Tutt, the, uh, the founder of Deadly Science. And mate, isn't it a remarkable thing that you get to sit here at the Melbourne Formula 1 Grand Prix and get exposure for what you're doing because of a huge multinational company taking out sponsorship on a race car?
0: I know, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Um, and first of all, Yama, thank you for having me. Um, and it's an absolute pleasure to be here.
1: So let's go back to the start here. Um, Deadly Science is on the side of the McLaren Formula One car this weekend in Melbourne. Um, and you're doing that as a part of Sponsor X, which is a, a program that Smart Sheet have done to essentially give exposure to people like you and, and organizations like you. So for people that see the brand on the car and wonder, what is it? What is Deadly Science?
0: Yeah, so Deadly Science, you're not going to die. Deadly is, a, <laughs> Deadly is a form of blackfellow slang to describe something as cool or awesome, and I'm a familiar man. And um, Deadly Science is a STEM charity that provides resources and mentoring to hundreds and, well, if not thousands, of kids across Australia, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander kids. Because, um, you know, the reason why we do that is because remote schools are really under-resourced when it comes to STEM. Yeah. And how I started Deadly Science was... I found a school with 15 books in its whole school and I decided to do something about it and then it kind of grew into this thing that is now luckily on the side of a Formula One car. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, what's the daily application of Deadly Science? You're, um,
1: it, it's a part mentorship, part resources. Um, you know, you're delivering uh, resources to, to communities and schools.
0: What sort of things are they getting? So, um, for example, like, so, yes, we do resources mentoring but actually 90% of what we do are relationships and relationships with young people and teachers and community members. Um, but, you know, Deadly Science has, you know, for a lot of schools around Australia, has put the first ever microscope in their school or, or books. You know, I was recently at Redfern Jerome College and I was in their library and I was able to go, I donated that book, that book, that book, that book. And, you know, we, we actually impact kids in a, a really big way. Actually, Michael Coleman, who's the principal of Dareton, is joining us um, while we're down here, and, you know, he told me a story about this young boy that was, he was, you know, really cranky. And, and you know, when we grow up with trauma, anger is a, is a normal emotion, right? So um, this kid was really angry. He couldn't, was just on the cusp of being kicked out of school. But then he got given a deadly science book. And now he can go to school again and he yeah. sits in the classroom. So that's the impact of deadly science. And we've sent 25,000 books out to communities and we've sent, you know, things like 7,000 boxes and I know it's 7,000 cause my old Nissan cash guy, the poor old girl, she's, the suspension's breaking on her and she's um she's also lost her air conditioning and, and driving out to Walgett and play Lightning Ridge, you know, you know you're in a sauna when you're in a car and it's like 42 degrees and you've got no air con, it's pretty good. um But, you know, we do stuff like that so, not only do we support schools, but also during the bushfires and the floods, we supported families that had lost everything. Mm. You know, recently up at Quandong and Cabbage Tree Island, we gave every single child that lost everything a book, um, you know, and it's just a book, but it's a book that, that's hope, you know, hope for the future. And I think those kind of things we do. And, you know, when the lockdown happened, we provided food and resources to people stuck in lockdown in Walgut and, you know, places like that, Gaduga mm. and Gilgandra. and. So Deadly Science is a real grassroots organisation and it, we don't get a lot of government funding or if any, we don't get any government funding and we pretty much rely solely on donations and, and the support of people like Smartsheet um, who have come out of nowhere to offer this fantastic opportunity. But for me, the value of this Sponsor X is actually the logo on the side of the car because you know the thousands of kids that look up to Deadly Science and follow Deadly Science, mm. this logo means them. It represents yeah. them, and it's the first time in history a First Nations charity has been on a Formula One car, yeah.
1: and, and would, it has immediate impact. So. Um i when I got the the announcement about the sponsor x there's two things about your logo that stood out to me um it, it i don't know why the design of it felt uh, like it had an indigenous flavor to it, but then the deadly I knew what that meant because I used to work um in in radio and did some stuff with four k one gene in queensland and you know their this tagline was too deadly and I used to think it was funny and then I understood why it why it was a great tagline for them, so they would People in all parts of Australia, but especially remote and, and rural areas, kids with uh, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander background, would look at that and go, this is deadly. Like, this is unbelievable for, for the community.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, like, you know, we just got, a, we got tagged in a, a you know, tribute post on Facebook just yesterday from um, the Rangers up at Curricurra, and they're talking about the Formula 1. Yeah. How nuts is that? Like, that is crazy. Um, and it's crazy for them because they, you know, we work really closely with them. And, and even the kids down at Upper Cabbage Tree Island, like, we were, going to, we were going to actually film up there for our video with McLaren and Smartsheet. And their school got destroyed by the floods. Yeah. But when we told them we we're going to be on an F1 car, like, I my ears are still ringing. Um, you know, I think it was louder than Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. Um, so, you know, just the... Uh, the fact that this impacts people on so many levels, like I can walk down Redfern and I'll have 40 or 50 people stop me and shake my hand and say, yeah. you know, I love what you're doing. I love deadly science. Um, you know, you walk around Melbourne just this morning, I saw someone wearing a deadly science shirt, standing next to them in line for coffee. They didn't even know notice I was next to them, <laughs> maybe because I'm wearing a bit of orange today. But, you know, for me, it's when you put on a deadly science shirt, you're representing more than just a brand. Yeah. Um, you're representing something that's creating change in our communities. And, and for me, we should be proud of the fact we come from the country whose first people mm. invented bread, who the oldest living structures on earth are here on this continent. Yeah. And non-Indigenous and Indigenous people should be proud of that together yeah. because that is our history. And we're really... And for me, the STEM thing is, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people were the first scientists of this country. Yeah. And, and I think the point... That you rightly make is it doesn't
1: matter your background. Um, doesn't matter at all who you are. You need to recognize that there are kids in the city and there are many more kids in a remote and regional areas that aren't exposed to the kind of things that you're exposing to, just with a book, just with a microscope. And so you're essentially creating that, that little bit of glimmer of dream, glimmer of hope um, for kids that might not not that they didn't have something to aspire to, but it might just create that that spark that creates our next scientist, our next chief scientist, our next, you know, the people that innovate. This this is endless, the possibilities, because of the reach of STEM in society today.
0: Our next Davey Unipon, you know, the man on our $50 note, Australia's greatest inventor. You know, for me, it, like there's a story of a young fellow in Geraldton, right, and he was kicked off another charity sporting program because he was – doing poor academically and the beauty of a conversation, I found out I didn't really know how to read and you just mm-hmm. need a bit of support and I gave that kid some support. now he doesn't want to be a deadly footballer. He wants to be a deadly geologist. Yeah. And why not? Yeah. You know, that stuff that stuff makes us human. Yeah. And like we often talk about Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and, and deadly science will never ever reach those dizzying heights of wealth or, or things like that. But their wealth fails into comparison to how I feel when I see young, deadly people doing well. And I I also see older people, you know, supporting deadly science because this is stuff they didn't get to learn about. Hmm. You know, non-indigenous people been robbed because of colonisation as well. They've been robbed of history. And that's really sad because now we're in this position where we're all finding out things a bit later than probably what we should have. Hmm. But, the good news is, is that you know I'm able to write books and, and do things like that that have our kids in them, so that when they pick up a science book, they're not just seeing an Albert Einstein or a Thomas Edison or a, um, you know Nikola Tesla, they're seeing a David Unipon, they're seeing themselves in the book, they're seeing mm. kids in Robinson River. Well, it's the
1: same as um, you know it, you, the sporting analogy is actually yeah. a really good one because you see Lewis Hamilton a great icon um, for people of color. In the sport of Formula One, and he wants to show kids yeah. of all backgrounds that they can achieve their dreams, they can be whatever they want. And essentially, that's what we need to be doing for all kids, uh, Indigenous, Torres Strait Islanders, whatever. Whatever child needs to know that they can be whatever they want, but they need the resources, they need the support. So, help me understand. Outside of getting to you know talk back to back to millions of people throughout the the day, I'm sure. Um, what's the impact on Deadly Science? Um, I mean, I'm assuming website traffic just went crazy. Um, Has it had an impact in donations? Um, Because that would be meaningful change out of the logo on a car.
0: Yeah, certainly, you know, getting people to donate is, it can be tough, um, especially for a charity. And it has been a little bit slow at this point, but I'm I'm expecting it to pick up a little bit. But just the conversations it's created, like the fact that we've got McLaren talking about an Indigenous charity in this country, Mm -hmm. like McLaren, Daniel Ricardo said the words "deadly science." Like, I, yeah.
1: you watch that and you think, "Oh wow, that's
0: that's I, Daniel Ricardo." I nearly fell off my chair when I heard that. Like, and the fact that SmartSheet, this global company, is taking an interest in First Nations people in this country and a STEM program that's changing the lives of many is such a huge win it is like the best thing ever so even if we got a dollar in donations it wouldn't matter because i'm still over the moon because it's got people talking about something that's really really deadly and you know we have how many young aboriginal people are seeing deadly science on an f1 car today and this weekend and they're going to go and go you know what i can do my own form of deadly science i can do my own form of change um and and what about young people itself like You know, I think sometimes young people are so scared to do what they're passionate about or to make a change because they're worried about what people think and what people say online. But the fact that Deadly Science is out there and is is on a car, it doesn't matter about the donations. It helps a lot. Like, we need the funding. But for me... I think it's just phenomenal because I, I can't wait to see how what these kids come up with yeah. to help other kids or you know i can't wait to see you know daniel ricardo later if i get the chance to meet him and i'm going to actually see him say the words deadly science and it's like for me that's just yeah. like so powerful and the fact he's got an indigenous helmet as well yeah. um you know i i just think it's so amazing and, and the fact that you know SmartSheet, these blokes from america and ladies that came out all the way out here to talk to me, mm. um, little old Corey from Walgett, and you know, um, it didn't, you know, for me, it, it's just a big deal. Like it's, um, so I'm very appreciative of this yeah. opportunity. And the first thing I did yesterday was give a, a message, stick to the CEO of Smartsheet of respect, yeah. because I, I have the utmost respect for Smartsheet. And this is not done as a, a tick the box kind of thing. This is done no. out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. and. And good people in tech are worth their price in gold.
1: Yeah, I think you'd be okay with a dollar or so in donations. I chipped in this morning, so we'll oh, we'll right be right. right. But what help me Help people understand. Because I think it's one of the things with donating, right? Sometimes, um, you know, you see a family in need and you chip in 50 bucks or 100 bucks. But like, what is is the tangible donation? Where does it go? How does it help? What does it buy? Um, You know, if I chip in 50 bucks, like, am I buying a book or two for a school? How does it help Deadly
0: Science? How does it help you do the work that you do? Well, it's funny that you ask that. So you just put five books in a school um with your $50 and you've also contributed to putting a microscope in a school for the first time. Yeah. Um, you've contributed to help So someone right now listening goes to Deadly Science and puts in $50, yeah. they put multiple books and yeah. a microscope into school. So it's yeah. it's as simple as that. And you've you've literally created history right there and then. You've put the first ever, you've helped put the first ever microscope or the first ever telescope or maybe the first ever 3D printer in a school that mm. that hasn't had one before. And what do you get a three D printer for? Like, what's how, how?
1: What what donation do I need to make to make sure the three D printer goes into a school?
0: So three D printers, you want to put something in that is going to last yep. and is going to decent and it's easy to use. So about a hundred bucks can put a three D printer in a school. If everyone donated a hundred bucks, then we wouldn't we could put a lot of three D printers in schools. But we could also put a lot of greenhouses in schools. And why do we want to put a greenhouse in a school? Well, the cost of food in remote communities is ridiculous. Mm. And if we can teach kids how to grow food and their own food, they can eat healthier, they can live longer and they can have a purpose yeah. and they can have a job um, and that's even better. Yeah. So for me, I really wanna create, I really wanna use these things as solutions. So. I don't want to just put a 3D printer in a school just for the sake of it. I want kids 3D printing stuff that's going to find solutions for their classroom. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we did is, um, you know, those old plumber cameras? Yeah. They stick them down the thing. So we gave them to the Kirikara kids and they're sticking them down night parrot burrows. Why is that? Because <laughs> they took the first ever photograph of a night parrot during the day with those tools. They did it, not me. Yeah. But they also they're also able to collect bilby scats and they're helping map the genome for the bilby. And why do they need to map the, for the their genome for the bilby? Well, marsupials are born without an immune system. Mm-hmm. So, if you see a joey, a kangaroo, or a koala, or a Tasmanian devil, so de- Tasmanian devils have devil facial tumor, which is DTD, and it's the only known infectious cancer on earth. Wow. And it affects them. So, they rub up against each other, mm-hmm. they, get the, they can get the cancer. So, um, for us, it's, it's about the scientists working on the Australian Genomics Lab, with Kathy Belloff and Dr. Carolyn Hogg they're looking at the proteins in the milk because Tasmanian devils don't get devil facial tumor until they've had a litter. So they can actually hold off. And the reason why the joeys don't get it is because the milk in there that they have is has um, proteins in it that give them an immunity. So this work that the kids are doing at Kirikara, they're finding out if the bilbies have that immunity in their genome and their makeup, so this could be the next thing that fights superbugs. So for us, you know, golden staff is a very, very intelligent bug, right? Mm. It it will eventually becomes too smart for the medications we have today, tomorrow. So we need to find new innovative ways to create drugs for tomorrow to fight superbugs and Mm. infections. So this is where the next medicines will come from is marsupial milk. So these kids are helping with the future and this is a real world implication for what they're doing. Um, They're putting in trail cameras for the Jalaba, which is a great desert skink. It's an endangered species they're using that data to help save these animals. So, you know, these are, these are things that kids are doing even now, like even many Alex school, they might be setting trail, trail cameras and looking for water buffalo, but they're counting the water buffalo in the community. Mm-hmm. So they know how many water buffalo are there. So like there's kids doing this stuff everywhere. Um, Menindi Lakes down near Dairton, they've just, we've just given them a set of trail cameras um, and science tools and they're now doing their own form of it eventually we're gonna get eDNA. So just touch DNA and you can find out what animals have been around. So they recently did this project in the Royal Botanic, uh, sorry, not the Royal Botanic Gardens, the Royal National Park in Sydney, where they looked at if if there's any platypus left, because there used to be platypus Mm. left in the the Royal Botanic, sorry, not the Royal Botanic, Royal National Park, and um, there was a great oil spill in the 90s and it wiped out all the platypus. Now they can say that there's no platypus left because of Mm. eDNA. So eDNA is like, so that stuff's really important. They're doing that here in Melbourne as well in Rurundjeri country, but I want to get my kids involved in that because that would be the deadliest thing ever. And um, so I really want to get kids involved in projects that have implications for the future and they give kids purpose. And I think that it's a lot cheaper to train rangers to train kids than it is to send a postdoc or a PhD to a remote community with all the permits to collect that data. So for me, these are the things that deadly science can do And then with Smartsheet, it makes it possible as well because we do this thing called Deadly Learners where we partner up scientists um, like your Dr. Carls, your Brian Coxes, your, um, you know, and some of your superstar scientists like Lee Constable, Mm -hmm. those sort of people with schools. And then they can talk to them about the research, but then the kids can just ask anything. We did one with the Melbourne Museum recently um, with a paleontologist where he brought a triceratops skull, like a fake one, but, and the kids are asking, well, what did they eat? I bet you they, I bet you they were vegetarian because I look at their jaw, and and they didn't even, they weren't even reading about them. They are just sort of like making that assumption and asking yeah. those questions. And it's so free flowing because the kids just ask you anything. Yeah. Like we did, Paul, <laughs> we did one with Paul Dempsey from Something for Kate, and we talked about the science behind a guitar, you know, the chemistry yeah. of a song, the lyrics, the breakdown of the science. And then at the end, um, the, one of the kids just goes, "Can you play Monsters by Something for Kate?" One of his songs. But, you know, it was, you know, the breakdown of those sort of things. Like we did one with the producer of the Australian of the Year Awards. Like how does that work? How does the show work? You know, how can you make stuff work on TV, you know? And these kids are so engaged because they don't get to meet these people. Yeah,
1: I guess. And that's the thing. It's about exposing kids to the the people that can answer the questions that are just running through their minds, you know, and that's, that's, that's the beautiful thing about um, an organisation, like you connecting the questions with the answers, you know, that, that's what it's all about. I, I want to understand just finally, um, know, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking if it wasn't for Smartsheet, right? Yeah. W- what is Smartsheet to you? How do you use it? Because I've had a great conversation with them, I understand the basics of it, but how does Deadly Science use a cloud software platform like Smartsheet?
0: Well, it's fairly recent, the application to Deadly Science, but one of the things we've done is started using Smartsheet's forms for bo- our booking system. Okay. So we we just got a generous donation of Lego um, to Deadly Science. So again, I'm going to put seven and a half tonne worth of Lego, which is probably the largest ever STEM delivery, because like, Lego is STEM. Mm. It's the largest delivery of educational resources to remote schools at like a, at the same time yeah. so we're going to hit 220 remote schools with free lego that's pretty deadly that's crazy and um it is crazy so i have to enact the help of my mother-in-law but smartsheet makes it really easy because we can build a form and then the schools can go okay i want some lego and they can fill yeah. that out and then i have all that data that i can say okay here's my list and i can go and just cross it off and this is who's got lego this who does here's yeah. is who doesn't so smartsheet have already saved so much time for Deadly Science and the software has already helped us because there's only three of us at Deadly Science. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, I'm now the first employee, but I was actually one of the last employees at Deadly Science because I was only employed last year in June, and even though I'm the founder. So for me, having that relationship with Smartsheet and that software for a company, for an organisation that doesn't have a hell of a lot of funding, to do this is huge because I would normally have to employ an extra person Mm. to fill out all that data and help with that. So they've helped me tremendously only in the last couple of months from doing this. I'm very excited. Mate, uh,
1: what you do is admirable uh, at the very least. What your vision is 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 beyond most people's imagination. Clearly, you have the drive and determination to make this, uh, you know, something that's going to have just amazing outcomes for the future generations. And I think that's what's What's beautiful about it is I hope that you get to spend you know, your later years looking back at great stories of people who are on our banknotes or on our TV screens or on our lecture halls um, and you will have literally you know, changed, changed not just the Indigenous community in Australia but changed the world. That's the objective.
0: Success looks like for me, um, me sitting out there, And the next CEO of Deadly Science being one of my deadly scientists and telling you about how great deadly science is for the community with their own passion and flavour. So I really want to build something that supports our mob and our people for years to come. And hopefully one day there's no need for deadly science because we're all with STEM educations put up up on the pedestal where it should be. And it's just as important as literacy. And I think that it's actually in some cases more important than literacy to have STEM skills. So for me, if I can be in a position where our deadly scientists have grown up to running this organisation and helping their next generation, then I'll be very happy, even if it means I'm unemployed.
1: Enjoy the weekend. (laughs) I hope you get to have a good chat with Daniel and uh, mate, be deadly.
0: Thank you so much and um, it's an absolute pleasure and I hope everyone's staying safe out there and um, yeah, if you have an hard time, reach out. What's the
1: website for people to
0: donate? Uh, www.deadlyscience.org.au and it's a pretty deadly website now because um, we've just updated it so I hope you all enjoy it. Cheers, mate. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM
1: Podcast. Well, I'm kind of chilled. We're going to take next week off. I took last week off and that's a luck as I've said before quite openly and honestly if everything else gets uh, over my head I have to forego this now and then uh, I would I would hate to do more than like two weeks in a row lost and that's why I always try and and not do that but next week having a, having a family week with the with the kids um, so yeah you're gonna take a week off everything um, and so that'll be lovely it'll be nice to get away and just do just anything other than answer the calls and take the radio, go on the radio and do all those things. So it'd be good to chill and catch up with some family and friends who uh, haven't seen in a very long time. Um, my phone's ringing. And it's a phone call from Cuba. Let's see who this is. Hello. Hello.
0: Hi, this is a call from Amazon to inform you that today your Amazon Prime services will be auto renewed and $99.99 will be debit from your bank account, so enjoy your Amazon Prime services. If you wish to cancel the services,
4: then to speak to our cancellation department by pressing 1.
1: Oh, I definitely don't want to spend that much, do I? We
0: did that already. Hello. Hello. Hello? yes thank you for get, yes
3: thank you for getting connected to the Amazon how can i help you
1: well i just got told that it's renewing today and it seems a lot more expensive uh, yeah, than normal
3: yeah so you want to renew it or you want to cancel it oh, I'd,
1: I'd cancel it thanks yeah
3: okay so for the cancellation of this subscription, the subscription there is a cancellation process on the cancellation process is we going to run by the internet connected devices like computer or a laptop do sure you have i'm one? sitting
1: in front of my computer right now tell me what to do
3: uh, it's a which computer like do you have? Do you have a Windows or an Apple Mac? Uh,
1: why does it matter? Mm. Oh, jeez, I'm idiot. Well, <laughs> it was worth a try. I should have just said Mac. I should have just played along. But my guess is he was going to take me to a website, and he was either going to take control of my machine uh, and tell me that he needed to do that. Or he was going to get me to fill in my details, and that would hand over. Oh, I'm very disappointed. I've I've let you down with my scam fun. Anyway, just so you know, that was a call from Cuba, uh, a plus four five three number. But I get that Amazon call twice a week. Twice a week, good times. Trevor Long, take any calls. If you've got a tech question, just go to the website, eftm.com. David did that. G'day, mate. How are you doing?
4: Very well, thank you, Trevor.
1: What can I do for you, mate?
4: I am looking at upgrading my phone, yep. uh, me and my wife. We've both got Samsung Galaxy 9s, and we don't want to go back on contract. Good and, call,
1: mate. Good call. Love it.
4: And we just want your advice on something around 1000 or under that you think might be just as good as what we've got.
1: Who are you with, Telco-wise?
4: Uh, we're with Optus, yep. but going to we're stay just. There or on... Are you going
1: to move around then?
4: No, no, we'll stay there because I'm only on a sim-only plan at the okay. moment.
1: So you're saving money sure. already on a sim-only yeah. plan. Yeah, good, good.
4: So all I want to do is just continue on with that plan, but just go and buy two new, brand new phones.
1: Mate, you've got an S nine now, so we're talking about a phone that's you know got a few years on it. Um, yes, and mate, on all honesty, the new uh, A series from Samsung are amazing yes. they're
4: excellent The 57
1: uh, 53 would be the the latest 53. one and, yep. and i think it's the it's the one they're pushing the most because i think it's the perfect value proposition if you like
4: i think is that a, the one for around about 700 dollars. i was just
1: going to say i feel like it's around 700 699 yeah. um, there's obviously one that's a bit more that's 799 which is the a73 and yep it's it's better it's even incrementally better on the screen and the cameras but you, yep. you, I reckon if you went from an S9 to the A53, you would be yep. very, very happy. You would be Fantastic, Trevor. very impressed. That's, and so essentially um, what you're going to do there is you're going to own those phones outright. Um, correct. They, they will last you – mate, there's four years in those phones. Easy. Um, no problem. And then make sure though – I mean, I love Optus – but make sure that you continue to shop around. So the big thing I'd do. recommend is look at those companies like Kogan Mobile and Boost Mobile that do 12-month plans – because once yes. you find a telco, if you pay 12 months in advance, these are prepaid, still SIM only. You save ah, huge okay. cash, huge cash. So you're not on a contract for the phone. You own that phone. But at once, yes. if you shop around a bit and go, oh, this month let's go to Boost. Next month let's go to Aldi. Next month let's go to Kogan. And if you find that Kogan is pretty darn good, works for you, and they've got a 12-month deal that you can buy up front, I just did it for my son. Instead of paying 35 a month, on Vodafone for my son, my teenager. Yes. I paid, I think it was 200 for the year or 150, wow. $150 for the year and I'm done. Uh, worry about Fantastic. it again in a year. All right.
4: Thank you so much, Trevor. I
1: really appreciate it. And I, love, you, and I love your show. Fantastic. Thanks, appreciate it. Thank you. Get in touch anytime. Cheers, mate. And uh, yeah, if you've got a question like David, just get in touch, try and save you some coin wherever we can. Well, I am uh, lucky to be at the Melbourne Formula 1 Grand Prix with, I've got to be honest, a company I wouldn't have expected to be at the Melbourne Formula 1 Grand Prix with, an Aussie startup uh, called Jigspace. And uh, co-founder Zach Duff is with me. Zach, great to be with you, mate, and I appreciate the invitation.
4: Yeah, no worries. It's, uh, it's a pretty special event, and it's my first time here. So, Now, we could talk Formula 1, but I have to rewind a
1: little bit here, mate, because you've had a massive 12 months. I remember sitting... Uh, virtually obviously, because we haven't been to Cupertino for a few years. But I remember sitting watching an Apple event and there's Jigspace, Aussie company, high, like not just, not a logo. Like I'm talking m- mega highlight. Talk me through that because that for a developer, for someone in the tech ecosystem, that's got to be big time. More than, more than what I'm just thinking it is.
4: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like uh, the... Oscars for startups, almost, <laughs> for, for, especially on the App Store. Like it's, it really is to be featured in the keynote, not just to be, like you say, a logo, but to be the, the app that is showing off their technology. It's, it's the, the application that shows their vision of the future is, is pretty crazy. And that was, I mean, a lot of work went into that. But for the team, for, for everyone involved on our side, all of the work they put into it, that kind of vindication of everything that we've been building since 2016 is just phenomenal yeah i slept a lot after that yeah.
1: <laughs> so let's go back it doesn't have to be 2016 but what's the elevator pitch what is jigspace how do you describe it to the absolute uh, unknown who, someone who has never heard of it um you know you're here your logo's on the side of a formula one car how do you describe it to people to say what is jigspace
4: jigspace is the platform that lets you create and share interactive 3D knowledge. So the the tamest pitch of it is PowerPoint for 3D. It really it's we're at the start of a new paradigm of computing we're going from 2D computing we've got screens all of our information is in two dimensions and we're moving now into the metaverse is the, the latest and probably the most widely used now terminology for it but that's really spatial computing that's where uh, our information is in the world around us. It's actually than a space.
1: really good explanation of what, what is the difference between now and the metaverse of the future. Rather than just seeing it as a buzzword that so many people see it as, it is the next way we'll interact with things. And right now we interact with a flat screen and a two dimensional space. And so you're saying JigSpace, and I guess your, your play is that JigSpace can be the, the, the platform to assist with powering that future, but also in a real world, um, where three dimensions
4: actually helps explain a concept, a product, a thing. But it's, it's the way we experience reality is in three dimensions. And, I mean, not to be too dramatic about it, but since we've been drawing bison on cave walls, we've been recording our experience of the world, our experience of reality on a two-dimensional surface. So this is, I mean... that is dramatic. It is dramatic. Yes, I don't want to be dramatic, but I will, <laughs> if you'll indulge me. But, no, it really is a it's that big of a step change and I don't think anyone for all the hyperbole and, and all the kind of the, the hype that's around the metaverse I don't think anyone's really grasped just how big the impact is going to be when we're no longer you don't go somewhere to get your information you don't need to have something with you for it it's there in front of you you can look at anything and ask that question how does that work how do I fix this what's that made of and the answer is right there with that thing you don't have to go anywhere for it and I think the the reaction that people get when they see a jig, these three D presentations, is this excitement, like this emotional reaction to it, because the the bandwidth of information is it's one to one. It's the way you experience it, as you would, as your brain is in, designed to experience realities. So, so,
1: how do I experience a jig? Where am I going to see them? How am I seeing them today? I overheard you. I wasn't eavesdropping, but I overheard you talking with one of the key members of the Alpha team here, um, which you're a sponsor of, about. And you just, you do refer to it very flippantly, you know, did you see that jig? Like where am I seeing it?
4: Because obviously a lot
1: of people just scrolling through a two dimensional space. Where can we
4: experience a jig? So this is one of the exciting things about this partnership is we got the opportunity to launch our platform, uh, our web augmented reality viewer. So it means that no matter what device someone has, the jig, the 3D presentation, is there with them, so it's in their pocket, so they don't have to have an app anymore, they can just click on a link and they've got access to that, so it's kind of like PDF in a way, it's it's the same way that people share that around uh, and that's you, you, just our access to information in two dimensions digitally, It's we're doing the same thing with 3D information, so it's... Right now, for this say for this partnership, we launched their car. So the the um, C42 car was uh, launched using Jig, and that was a link that people could access it was a QR code. It's on merch. There's like uh, there's the camo merch that was released that has the QR code on it. You scan it and you see the Jig. It brings it up no matter what device, Android, iOS. You don't need an app. It's just there, completely frictionless experience. So. We'll, we'll see more and more of that, and yeah. this is like the metaverse promise is supposed to be that it's everywhere around us, so there's a lot of work, a lot of technology yeah. to be built. But this is the kind of the start of that, is, is making it accessible.
1: And go back to the Apple thing, obviously Apple's big play has been augmented reality now for several years, let's be honest, it's kind of, I feel like they were maybe either ahead of the game or the game hasn't really caught up to them, um, but you know we've got technologies like LiDAR in in, in their devices, their augmented play is epic. so if we look at a jig as being a 3D representation of something, is it then the ability for you to use devices that do have the capability? Because obviously not every device can do AR, but whether it's a headset that has AR capabilities or a phone, is it the idea that then a jig can be an augmented thing also that can be experienced?
4: Yeah, it's, uh, for me, well, there are three core tenets for jig uh, from very well, actually day two, not day one. It was day two that I wrote it in my notebook. That jig has to be simple, it has to be useful, and it has to be delightful. Those are the three things that jig has to be for us to cut through and for it to be something that actually enhances people's experience. So that 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 second point, the utility is critical for me. So if there is no if there's like there's so much gimmick in the metaverse, there's so much gimmick in like yep. marketing and AR that doesn't really do much for me or for Jig as a company so our focus has been how do we make something useful that goes to as many people as possible and is as useful for them as possible and that's why Apple's strategy of starting on devices so the device you have in your pocket is so I think it's so important it's the right way to approach it and as like all of the all of the major tech companies have their own their own plans around this and their own approach to it but I think starting with the device that people have finding a way to bring 3d into the world which is what augmented reality does is yeah. is the first logical first step the next thing which is the big challenge and where lidar comes into it how do we get the world into 3d yeah. how do I now rather than having someone have a CAD file of some product uh, and then bringing that in how do we actually just take a few photos of that and then we have that thing in yeah. 3d that's the next big challenge and I think we're We're kind of like, it's like the mid-90s with digital photography.
1: I was literally just going to say, I'm thinking on the run here, but I feel like, and not to piss in your pocket, but I feel like what we're talking about here with Jig is like the, the transition from Kodak film and print to digital photography in a sense of, and it's the wrong analogy, but like AutoCAD is the only thing that I ever thought of as a representation of 3D modeling. And if anyone's ever downloaded AutoCAD, yeah, I've got AutoCAD, impossible to use, unless you're a genius, right? So you're democratizing this 3D world, and essentially we're at this transition towards the future where, as you say, the, the, the Kodak of old, whether that's the AutoCAD or just the 3D world of old, is gonna be transitioned to this simple, useful space that brings 3D models into, whether it's an engineer at a Formula One team, understanding a part, or I guess for the mums and dads, what would be your future vision for them using a jig, you know, in their life? What What do you say to your family about where they'll be using jigs in five years from now?
4: My mum was landscaping her backyard and she wanted to see what it would look like if she put a bunch of boulders in and a water feature and a few flowers over here and they're putting a shipping container in one corner so they could chuck old dad's junk and old motorbikes in it (laughs) and how do you visualize that like there's google SketchUp, but that's basically an architectural tool you're starting to get into really technical tools but she used jig and was able to just place those things around and then walk around in her backyard place that down and actually just see what it would look like and try out different variations of it like that's
1: that's pretty rewarding for, for in a generational sense, but also just in you know, an average, average use case sense, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she had probably too much feedback
1: uh, on, the, <laughs> on the experience itself.
4: <laughs> uh, but uh, no, but it was really good and it just, that's the kind of utility that I see that I want people to see, because it, it, yeah, it's cool that you can, you can hold your phone up to your, your beer bottle and you'll see a cool logo and some, some kind of marketing gimmick. That is awesome, and it, I think that's a great way for people to, to learn about it. But yeah. where you use it in your day-to-day life is, that's where it really matters. It's less flashy, yeah. but then some of the most important things, I like that, yeah. and, and I think that's where Jig plays. We, do, we truly want this to be something where you just, you look at something and you, you're asking yourself, is there a jig for that? That's the question I want in people's minds. I want to have that kind of mind share. So you see something, you want to understand it. You think, right, I've got to find a jig for that. See, that's big
1: thinking. That's very big thinking. And is that what leads you to be a Formula One team sponsor? Because that's also big thinking. I mean, I've thought, how cool would it be to have my logo on a Formula One car in the past? But I absolutely, even if I had the, the cash, could never justify it because I see no benefit. But you're seeing this as a exposure as uh, a networking as an interaction with other companies because you walk down this this pit paddock and there would be many many companies that could theoretically be working with you in the years ahead is that a big play here
4: yeah there's i mean there's a lot of things tied up in that but they're fundamentally like and to go back to where we are kind of in the the history of the ecosystem the mid-90s digital photography Right now, to be the most useful with 3D, to, to kind of to go down this path of 3D knowledge, you need a CAD file. You need to have that 3D file that someone's created. Yeah. That is in durable manufacturing, primarily. It's like things that are manufactured to last more than three years. Cars are a great example of it. The people who work in that are engineers. Largely, they're the ones working with CAD. So, for us, we our core user is an engineer. It's the single person at the end, on the end of the mouse, clicking the button to make this thing happen. That's the person who uses Jig. So F1 is the pinnacle of engineering and advanced manufacturing that stays on the planet. And uh, that's that's what our, our customers look up to. It's what engineers see as like that, that, that absolute high point. So for us to be aligned with this brand is perfect because it says that, yeah, this tool is used by... Alfa Romeo, yeah. F1 team. Then I should use it. I can use it. It's it's useful for to them. It's useful to me. So it's it one to one. It maps really well with our with our core customers. But you're right with the networking with the with the education of people as well. I think it's a really important part for us to play. Is it's not. We want them to see jig i want it to be visible i want it to be exposed like exposed to a lot of people i also want it to be in an experience where people are excited about it that they they create a emotional connection with that content and jig to be there is aligns really with what we want that delight component of our core tenets so it it is it's a great kicking like a kickoff for us in this uh in this space and the logos on the car Uh,
1: is it wrong that all i took out of that was that f1's the Pinnacle that, of stuff that stays on this planet, and therefore you need to meet with Elon Musk. I mean, is that is that where we need to be next?
4: Yeah, basically. <laughs> so if you can get in touch with him and just let him know, Zach's on Zach's on the lookout. Yeah,
1: okay, mate. It's very exciting. It's it's kind of kind of fanboy to to say that, but I I'm I'm just really excited for you to see that you're able to clearly take what is a vision you've had for years, and I'm sure it's been rewarding all that time. But the massive rubber stamp that is the apple event and now to be able to take that to the next level and 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 not just put a logo on a car but execute your vision with a partnership like this uh, i think it's fascinating and it's it's brilliant and i wish you all the best mate it's it's really going to be an exciting journey to follow uh, because it's not going to be a one-year journey mate this is obviously a long road for you and, and a team that i'm assuming is ever ever growing
4: yeah yeah it is it's uh yeah, we're at 20, 26 now, uh, and it's, yeah, it's, I mean, we we're at 10, started last year, so it's it's grown pretty quickly. I think it was four months that we got up to that number as well, so it was, it's been a lot of growth, but everyone is on this journey, and once you get kind of infected with the idea of your knowledge being in the world around you, your understanding of the world being right there in front of you, it just it's hard to, hard to work on anything else. Man. Well, mate,
1: you're, in, you're living the
4: dream. Congratulations, and good luck cheers thanks mate
1: Trevor Long taking your calls if you've got a tech question just get in touch it's that easy um, Barry did that g'day Barry how are you doing hi
2: Trevor good thank you what have I caught you doing yeah.
1: mate washing the car detailing the washing, car what's going yeah, on washing, washing detailing <laughs> oh what well, are we yeah. selling it or what's happening
2: no, 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 no! I just like to look after it. What do you
1: got, mate? Can you tell me what's what's in the driveway? Yeah, it's uh, a Kia um,
2: Sportage.
1: Great car! Love the Kia. Yeah. Love the Sportage. Good little runabout. Great little car for going on long trips. It's everything, mate. It's
2: a good car. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's beautiful.
1: What can yeah. I do for you, mate? Looking at a new TV, are you?
2: Yeah, look, I heard you say some time ago about a high sense and mm-hmm. a few other things. So I thought I'd contact you. We're looking at trying to get a seventy-five inch. I don't really want to, pay, you know, four, five, six thousand dollars for one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but, what, how did you settle
1: uh, on seventy-five inch, mate? Um.
2: Oh, well, I've got fifty-five at the moment, as mm. I mentioned. Um, so I just want to upgrade and go up a little bit higher. Yep. The room's a little bit bigger. What
1: um, What would you consider um, the top of your budget? Uh,
2: about two, two and a half.
1: Let's go two. Let's yep. not spend two and a half, yep. okay? I, I don't okay. think you need to. Um, right. You. What do you watch on TV? What do you do?
2: Well, mainly what's free to air. Mm-hmm. Um, Netflix and um, we do uh, stream other ones periodically um, you know you cancel them after a while sure sure um, and uh, up to sport I watch a bit of soccer okay uh, football, and how do you do that have you got a fetch box something. or something yeah I've got a fetch box but I've oh, also got the uh, Google Chrome oh, um, nice uh, thing on the the Samsung that we currently got which yeah. is probably about nine years old I think something
1: like that all right well I'll give you I'll give you two picks Straight up yep. from uh, JB Hi-Fi. And I'm just on their website. Yep. I'm just browsing these. Right? So the first yep. one is 2095 bucks. It's a Sony Bravia 75-inch Google TV. Now, right. the reason I say Google TV for you is highly relevant because it means you can get rid of that Chromecast. It's basically right. got all that yep. built in. So you can actually install all the apps you want <clears throat> just on the TV. Um, yep. Yep. I don't. Um, I'm pretty sure Optus Sport is even available on the on the Google TV. But bottom line, Stan, Netflix, all those things done easy on the Google yep. TV. So and that's a Sony, yep. mate. Sony make great TVs. The other what one, model is that again? that's a Sony. The, that one's an X80J, X880J. X80J,
2: right? Right. Okay. You'll find that for about yep. twenty one hundred.
1: Then yep. I would say my next pick would be even cheaper, eighteen hundred bucks. The yep. high sense you. 7G. Now, 7G. I would recommend if you get the high sense. While it does have a lot of apps built into it, honestly, I still believe Google TV is such a great platform that I would spend the hundred dollars on a new Chrome. Have you? Is your current Chromecast got a little remote control?
2: No, it's it's the first. uh, Get the new uh, one. I think. Okay, when when you when you're in there, do them a
1: deal. Say, listen, I'll buy this TV. If you give me that at half price or something, right? Try and get them to throw right in right. The, the Google Chromecast with, yeah, uh, with Google TV. Yep. Make sure it's the hundred-dollar one, the one with the remote control. All right.
2: Okay. So yeah. those yeah, know, two, yeah. those two
1: sit on the both ends of a, of a perfectly good, excellent picture quality spectrum for you. Uh, yep. Eighteen hundred bucks for the high sense, plus another hundred for the Google TV, or less if they throw it in. You don't need yep. the Chromecast with the Sony because it has all that built in. And if yep. you, if you yep. were really tinkering and spending more, there's obviously a bunch more TVs, very similar ones, Hisense, Sony, and others, up to $3,000, but I honestly don't think you'll notice the difference. No,
2: no, no. I with, don't with think so either. Yeah, yeah, that's wrong. You, here's the yeah.
1: thing. You're going to bring home a 75-inch TV, which will yep. block. Have you measured the space? Do you know that it will sit there? Are you going to mount it on the wall? What are you going to do?
2: It's probably going to sit on the um, cabinet at the moment. Measure that
1: um, up, make sure it's got the width, all right?
2: Yeah, I will do, yeah. You've come We're undone with that a couple of times. All the, all the wires that go up the wall, so. No, have you got <laughs>
1: brick or um, a fire? Brick.
2: A uh, single brick it is on
1: this one, yeah. So what, what does single brick mean?
2: Um, well, it's just a, uh, uh, yeah, just a. Uh, so there's no cavity? Single, in, no, not because not it's an internal wall. Ah, uh, so it's, it's just a single brick, gotcha, and so the gotcha. wires would be chased up the wall and um, yeah, plastered okay. over. So yeah. I'm a bit worried about you know uh, where to drill the holes, etc.
1: Yeah, look, if there's no cavity, it's it's harder work and it's not as clean. So you're probably yeah. right. Um, yeah, but just make sure you measure the entertainment unit before you go by because you want to make sure those, yeah, feet, well those feet are going to sit yeah. there, mate. But oh, I think you'll love and it. I think cabinet. both are great TVs. And I think they're great value at two grand for a seventy-five inch TV. Great value, right, mate. Right. Oh,
2: that's terrific. I really appreciate your help. Good on killer. you, Barry.
1: Get back to the car, okay. mate. Making sure it's spit and polish, right? Will <laughs> do. <laughs> okay. Good on Take you. Take care. Thanks, mate. Good on you. And um, we're happy to help Barry shop any day. Um, and now, look, there's a bunch of great TVs that have spent a lot more money. You know, Barry could spend seven grand, eight grand on a Samsung Neo QLED, which would be beautiful. But I just you know, given Barry watches free-to-air TV and a bit of Netflix, the value in the 8K TV, let alone mini-LED and those kind of things, I, I don't see it. Um, and I, 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 honestly, I do make, uh, I guess, assumptions or judgments about people based on, of course, you need to understand people have emailed me. So Barry sent a, you know, several paragraph email. So I've got a bit of a background while I speak. And, and then what Barry says, I can get a judgment on that as well. So I, I make these judgment calls. It's what I do. Um, if you've got a question, uh, go to the website, EFTM.com. EFTM. This
0: is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM
1: Podcast. All right, that's us for the day and the week and Easter. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for indulging me, my Formula One passion, and hopefully uh, you got some inspiration out of those chats. And most importantly, um, I'd love you to donate to Deadly Science. I did, and I think the difference that we could all make as individuals. Because the thing is, big charities, you kind of feel like where's it going and stuff. But this is, this is just a small team trying to do some good. And I feel like the money that we give will go directly to good. And I think that's super powerful. So I'd love you to donate if you can. Um, Deadly Sciences is, is all you need to Google. Look at their website. The donate link is obviously on there. Um, and... Join me, donate. Let's make a difference. Uh, most importantly, though, all you have a great Easter. Um, like me, we'll all swear off chocolate after Easter. Um, I think that's when I'll start the diet because there's too much chocolate in my life right now, and I know that. But hey, Easter's coming, so bring it on. Um, but yes, <laughs> let's uh, let's enjoy Easter and enjoy your holidays if you're on holidays with the kids. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Lots of podcasts still in the, in the feed, though. Catch up on Two Bikes Talking Tech or the movie podcast. Find some inspiration for your uh, holiday viewing, if you want, on the best movies you've never seen. Uh, and we'll be back after Easter on the EFTM podcast.
4: EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM.